I know you want to hear that. I know it doesn't have to be everlasting to be eternal. So I'll try not to preach too long. In 1 Samuel, we'll read chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And there was a certain man of Ramathame Zophin. Look at your neighbor and say, Ramathame Zophin. No, you couldn't do it. Of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. Why they couldn't have went with Joe, Bill, and George, I have no clue. Verse number 2 tells me these words. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the other was the name of Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Drop into verses 6 and 7. I'll now read, and her adversary also provoked her sore. I'll fill in the space for the sake of time. For to make her fret. Look at your neighbor and say, have you fretted lately? Oh, my God, we need to quit fretting. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. And if you'll show me verse 7, please. And as he did so by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, and therefore she wept and did not eat, dropping to verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give me unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Verse number uh, 19 and 20, please. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. In verse 20, wherefore it came to pass, when she was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. God bless you, you may be seated. Brother Taylor, be very sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There's a word coming for you today. Oh, I love being at Grace Church. Your sanctuary is absolutely gorgeous. You are so blessed. You are so blessed. You are so blessed. And I'm so privileged to be here. And again, I'm glad that my wife is here. And I got to step to the back and see my new great niece that I had not seen, Avery, and then they named her after this church, Grace. Wasn't that great? It's so awesome to see my sister, Claudine. She's my favorite sister. My sister-in-law, Vernell, so glad to see her today. And it's so good to see Sister Annette, wherever she may be now. She was here, but it was good to see her. I want to begin the message today by giving you the title. It's simply Maximum Impact. My brother told us last evening, get to church about quarter to 11, sleep in and rest. It's amazing how many plans we make and God just laughs at them. Have you ever noticed that? God has an extremely warped sense of humor. I could have slept late this morning at 4.22 because there was this clock with blue digital numbers staring me right in the face that I had laid down. So that I could sleep. And it was 422 and the Lord showed me the congregation of this church that's here today. And I know why everybody on this side won. You want me to tell you why? 
I saw a host of angels in this sanctuary, and for some reason it was weighted to the left side. I don't know if that's why you won or not, but I know that the host of angels. And the, the great thing was is that the host of the angel army was with them. He was the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords, and he will continue to be so. And as I saw that, I marveled, and God said, there's two reasons that I have shown you what I have shown you. I said, please explain. And he said, the first reason is it's reassurance to my people. They're in my will, and I watch over and protect them. And the second reason is, as I am readying this church and they are not yet quite prepared, but stand at the edge of revival that is without measure. If God cannot measure it, why do we measure it? We are the limitation of God. That's a powerful statement. We are the limitation of God. God is without limits. No boundaries, totally eternal. And we put up our own parameters of what we want God to do when he is willing to do so much more than we could ask or think. I read you the text today. The Bible started that portion of scripture in that book with Elkanah had two wives, you know right there there's going to be trouble. Brethren, you will agree with me this morning. It is difficult with one. Y'all are scared to say amen. I am ashamed. Thank you. You must be single. <clears throat> but you know there's going to be trouble because he has two wives. The one is named Penina, and that name means jewel or precious or valuable. But the name Hannah, the second wife, means grace and favor. This church could be called Hannah. You have grace, you have favor. The part that disturbs me the most is that Penina, who was the jewel, who was valuable, who was precious, is productive to the point of many children, yet Hannah was barren and unproductive. God is issuing a challenge this morning to grace. You hear me. I do not walk into the pulpit ever without asking God, what office of ministry should I fulfill? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher? Today he said, walk in with apostolic authority. I'm not an apostle. But apostolic authority, preach to my people. And this morning I am determined to see that call through. When Elkanah gave out portions, he gave to Penina and to her children portions. But when he came to Hannah, when he came to grace, he gave, according to verse 5, 
Hannah received a worthy portion because he loved Hannah. It doesn't say he loved Penina, but it said he loved grace. I hope you're receiving what I'm preaching this morning. Elkanah had to come to the conclusion that Hannah wasn't going to bear children, but Penina had given him enough, so it did not matter to him if Hannah ever had a child. Elkanah and Hannah had adjusted to the situation. They were satisfied. Hannah had his attention. Hannah had his affection. But Penina had his children. Everything was fine. They had it all figured out. They knew the situation that they were in. Have you ever been there when you got it all figured out? You know where it's going. You know what's coming around the next turn. You got your ducks in a row. It wasn't a perfect situation for them, but it served their purpose. It hasn't been a perfect situation for you, but it served your purpose, and wham! Something happened that messed everything up. All of your plans, your schemes, your dreams, your work, your tweaking, everything stopped. Penina provoked Hannah because of her barrenness. It's almost like she was mean-spirited. I've got children and you have none. I am not barren and your womb is shut up. I have provided my husband a tremendous source of joy and you have not. The Bible says in verses 6 and 7 of what we've read that her words were very, very harsh. They were very hateful. They were filled with resentment and jealousy. And her words stick like poison darts and arrows in the heart of Hannah. Now we see Hannah is finally disturbed over the fact that she is barren. Elkanah, her sweet and precious husband, and what he feels is care and concerns comes to her and says this is a great lifestyle. You just need to sit back and relax. He said to her in verse number 8, Am I not better to thee than ten sons? He brought it to her level that I am a better husband than having ten children could ever be to you. He had accepted her barrenness. This pastor has not accepted the barrenness of the church. And you're not barren. That's not what I'm implying, but I'm going to challenge you today because the Lord told me to. This church, Grace Church, is poised for maximum impact. Hannah has become awakened. Something's wrestling within her and she knows it's because she is barren and has not produced children. And Penina continually rubs the salt in the wound. I've got sons and you don't. You may he may love you a little more. He gave you a worthy portion. But let me say, I've got children and you're barren. 
God loves this church and he's poised you for maximum impact and he doesn't want you to be a barren church. The problem with too many churches today is they're asleep, they're happy, they're satisfied, they're fat, they're sassy. And if that's you, I didn't describe you. You picked yourself out. It takes 90 gallons of water to baptize an individual and nine drops of rain to keep them home. I'm not going into pastoring. Staying with apostolic authority. Here's what happened. The words of Penina started provoking Hannah until she could no longer live with herself. She got angry. She got disturbed. She became uncomfortable. She got dissatisfied. She became discontented. Frustration started changing to desire and craving and expectations. And Hannah realizes this thing. I was created for more than I am. This church has not been created to sit back and relax. You have been created to provide maximum impact to this community today. She looks past the love of her husband. She looks past the favor. She looks past the material blessings that cannot see her. They, though those old material blessings cannot satisfy her. They can't open her womb. They cannot meet her need. This church is at the point of bitter frustration because you know God's got more than you have seen for you. I have come here this morning to tell this church there is a cry from your soul that life is more than money. It's more than popularity. It's more than worldly success. It's seeing young people praying through to an altar. It's seeing miracles and signs and wonders occurring in the house of God. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, there is a cry from the spiritual womb of Grace Church for the miraculous, for the marvelous, for signs, for wonders, for manifestation of the power of God to be fruitful, to burst souls into the kingdom of the Almighty that's why God's got you here today. Pastor, I feel with all my heart that somebody is looking past Elkanah who represents love and blessings and they're assailing heaven for a new power and a deeper anointing 
and a greater move in the glory of the Lord. Somebody is pushing in to a dimension that they can provide maximum impact to the kingdom of God. Would you give the Lord a hand of praise? I've said this before, but I'll say it again. New levels bring new devils, but new levels bring new fire. It brings new desires. It brings new hope. It brings new life. It places in the church a living, breathing entity that shall cause the revival that only heaven can bring to be birthed in the house of the living God. I wish, I wish somebody in this house is desiring maximum impact right now. I wish there's about 30 people that would stand to their feet and let the devil know that you're not going to be resisted, that you're going to run over him, that you're going to tear him apart. Is there anybody here that's ready for maximum impact? God bless you, you may be seated. The entire reason for the five-fold ministry is to provide maximum impact within the house of the Lord. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and he gave some apostles. I quoted it earlier, part of it. Some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Is there a saint in the house? To bring you to maturity, to bring you to maximum impact. And we still have people argue with the pastor. Well, I know what's best. Why do you think God provided him to be an umbrella? A watchman on the wall. Somebody that cries when you can't cry. I wasn't going to tell this, but I feel prompted. Last Sunday, my wife and I went over to our church. Somehow on the Wednesday prior, I had gone to the church early to pray, and I prayed an hour or so before the brethren came in to pray during men's prayer meeting. I was praying for miracles and signs and wonders the following Sunday because the Lord had prompted my spirit and said, have a healing miracle service. So I was just praying for that. Thursday morning, a great affliction came upon my body that I do not know what it was. But within five days, I'd lost in the neighborhood of 12 or 13 pounds. Last Saturday, I asked the Lord if he was ready to take me to go ahead because I was in a lot of pain. My wife called a church-wide prayer meeting. She's never done that in 40 years of marriage. 
called a church-wide prayer meeting. I knew they were down there praying, and I tried to lift my hands laying in the bed and pray. It was difficult at best. And in a few moments, I heard this tremendous roar. And it was the men and the ladies of our church walking from the church to the parsonage praying. And the women began to circle the parsonage seven times. And the brethren came in and laid hands on me. I didn't get healed. It was almost anticlimactic, so we would think. The next morning, my wife helped me get dressed. I went to the church, and her insistence and the insistence of the brethren, they moved the pulpit, they set a chair, and I sat down the whole service. And I began to preach. My voice was extremely weak. And the Lord had said, have a miracle and healing service. I said, God, how can I do that when I'm in the shape I'm in? I'm telling you, God has a warped sense of humor. But I got through the prayer. But before the brethren and the ladies came and prayed for me, the Lord told me three things. Here's what he said. He said, could you have come to this world and borne the pain and died for my people? I said, God, I couldn't. He said, that's why I came. No man can do it. He said, how can you know how your community hurts if you can't bear the pain and feel how they feel? And the third thing he said to me was this. There will be days that you must hurt as a shepherd for the sheep of the flock. And he dealt with my heart along that line. Sunday morning, somewhere close to 14 days, a woman in our church had been in total and complete pain from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. Laid hands on her and prayed for her, and God instantly healed her body. She's working. She's doing everything. The same lady texted me and said, my granddaughter's got major issues of the female variety. And they're going to do emergency surgery. And I asked them for an hour before they took her in so that we, our church could pray. She texted this to me. And we had gone to prayer already. And she texted me back and said they did some more tests. Everything stopped. Everything's normal. And they're sending her home. I'm talking about maximum impact, church. And the list goes on and on of things that occurred. But let me tell you what, as a church, you need to learn to hurt for this community. The, the greatest enemy of the, the devil's put in the church right now, one of the greatest enemies, I should say, the devil's put in the church is self-centeredness. We're so concerned about ourselves. Well, I don't feel good. I'm not going to make it to church. It doesn't matter what. What if Jesus said, I don't feel good. I'm not going to Calvary. I don't mean to be meddling, but I'm trying to help you. The Spirit's challenging this church. You are poised on the brink of having to have another new building because this one's going to be so filled or two or three services on the sun. I don't know what's going to occur, but you're standing there. Do not let this opportunity pass you by. Accept the challenge of the Almighty God today and say, I'm ready for maximum impact.
maximum. Look it up in your dictionary. You don't have to be a genius. It means greatest in quantity or highest in degree attainable. How many of you want to be at the highest peak you could be with God? Brother, I didn't get the Holy Ghost to sit on the sideline. I got the Holy Ghost to see God work and move and do the unimaginable and the unthinkable. And since this is Friends Day, you got to have impact. You know what impact means? It means to influence. It's a force of impression. It's like branding. It's like taking a piece of metal and a piece of metal and slapping them together, and it makes an impact. It puts an insignia on something. You're here to impact the people that you associate with, that you work with, that you talk with, that you shop with, that you live with, that's your extended family. That's why you're here, and you need to take it to the highest level possible and make it work in your life and impact them. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave, he gave, he gave, he gave. When you live in the kingdom, giving yourself is spending the currency of eternity. I don't think you heard me. You've got, a, you've got currency that only heaven can give. It won't bounce. It can't be counterfeited. And God's telling this church to spend it. That's dedication, sacrifice, commitment, fasting, prayer, loving, caring, compassion, praying, healing. That's the currency of eternity. God gave. He spent the money of eternity. Philo this is the aim, this is the goal of the Holy Ghost today, this is the goal of the church, and it's the goal of all the ministry to bring maximum impact. You must learn to live the life of a child of God to its highest degree. Y'all didn't hear me. You need to experience and manifest the best and the highest and the greatest and affecting and the influencing of other people in a maximum lifestyle. I love you today. I want you to like me. But my goal in this message is not to be your friend, but it's to push you to your destiny. I've discovered that a lot of people in church are comfortable. They're very satisfied right where they are, and they don't like to be pushed. But let me tell you something. If I come by and push you a little bit, I'll take the flack you give me. Your pastor will take the flack you could give him. This ministry team will take the flack you give them if they'll just push you a little. I don't like to be pushed. It's not about what you like. It's about the maximum impact you need to have on this community, your family, and this world. That's what it's about. You said, well, preacher, I don't like that. Okay, I don't, I, I don't care if you don't like it because I love you enough to keep pushing you. In fact, 
I got a feeling Hannah said the same thing about Penina. She's my adversary. She's my thorn in my side. She makes me uncomfortable. She irritates me. In fact, I just can't stand her. There's some of y'all that can't get along 37 seconds because 36 is your record. You said, oh, you don't know. All I got to do is look in the spirit world. Y'all are quiet. Oh, Lord. But you see what Penina did? And it may have been unwittingly. The very person that irritates you the most might be the person God put there to push you to your destiny. The point is, Penina provoked Hannah about her barrenness. She had in her more, but she was satisfied to have the love of her husband. But she had more in her than just loving her husband. I didn't come here to make friends with you today. But it's Friends Day. Doesn't matter to me what you title it. I did not come to be your friend. But I did come to provoke you. I came here today to pester you. He can pastor you. I will pester you. I am here today as an adversary. Y'all are really quiet. You know why? I'm an adversary to status quo religion and church. I am an adversary to lukewarmness and indifference. I'm an adversary to sitting in the church and asking what can the church do for me instead of giving yourself totally unreservedly to the kingdom of the master. I'm an adversary to people that can't cast out a devil. We had a girl come to church one night. I looked up. I'm trying to preach. My little old wife, all five foot two, hundred and none of your business, pounds, was set by her. God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' I'm preaching. My God's out. She's out casting out devils. When was the last time you did it? You know why? Something had provoked her. That's my God that you're making fun of and that you're talking about and that you're making noise and interrupting the move of the Spirit. So you know what I'm going to do? This is what she's saying in her heart. I take dominion and authority by the Word of God, the blood of the Lamb, and the name of Jesus, and I cast you out. You want me to tell you what the girl did? That was it. Now you've seen it. The devil had left her. Oh, my God, am I telling the truth? I'm telling you, church, I have never in my entire ministry evangelizing anything I've done seen a church as ready to make maximum impact as grace is today. And I preached all over this country. I preached in 27, 28 states. I preached conferences. I preached camp. I've been there. But I have never, 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 not one time, seen a church as ready to make maximum impact as Grace Church is this morning. 
You said, this is Friends Day. You shouldn't be here on Friends Day being an adversary. I'm an adversary to a church that will sit and watch the world go to hell. That's just good preaching right there. I'm an adversary to self-righteous, snooty-nosed Christians who want to sit in the church and pass judgment on everybody that doesn't meet their standard. They'll pass judgment on somebody that's going to hell when they don't realize they're sitting there in the midst of hypocrisy doing just the greatest sin. You may look at me and say, oh, preacher, you're making me mad. You're making me angry. You're making me mad. I'm glad I'm making you mad. That's great. I've accomplished my goal. Because you know what mad means? It's an acronym. Motivated against the devil. Oh, yes. I feel bad today. Oh, Brother Taylor, I'm motivated against the devil. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sick of the devil. I'm sick of the devil. I'm sick of the devil. If the devil comes after you, say, get under my feet where you belong and read the message I put on the bottom of my shoe. I don't know if Hannah and Penina ever became friends, but if it wasn't for Penina, she would not have gotten motivated. The Bible said in verse 6 of our text, her adversary provoked her sore. Had her adversary, I'm your adversary this morning, had her adversary not provoked her, Hannah would still be blessed, but she would be barren. She would be blessed, but she would be unfruitful. She would be favored, but she would be barren. She would be comfortable, but she would be barren. She would be graced, but she would be fruitless. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. So in closing this morning, the Bible record testified that Samuel was one of the greatest prophets ever, and it came from Hannah's womb. Because somebody provoked her. God has sent me here to tell you that you have a womb, not a tomb. I'm here to provoke you this morning. There are anointings, there are dreams, there are visions, there are songs that are locked in your spiritual womb but you will never be satisfied until they are born. There is a Samuel in you waiting to be birthed. Someone in this church, correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody here has felt the stirring while I've been preaching. Ministries are being birthed right now. Songs will be produced. Don't, don't think it's strange if Brother Smith comes with a new song because of this message today, not the message of the Word of God. I got a feeling that new passions are being fired up. Zeal is being restored. New anointings are being poured out. There is a mandate from God here this afternoon. You must birth 
maximum impact. Two weeks ago or so, I don't remember the exact time, the Lord gave me a dream for this service. I want you to understand the dream. Please understand the dream. I understand most of it, but there's one part I do not understand. Maybe you can shed some light on it for me. But the Lord showed me this church is a wall. My first question from humanity is how can they be a wall and be inclusive? And then the Lord showed me the wall stretching and moving, encompassing more territory. And the wall's dimension never changed. I don't know how wide. If it was 10 feet wide, it stayed 10 feet wide. But all he was doing was enlarging the walls of this church to make room for the additional souls that will be birthed here because you are willing to accept the challenge of maximum impact. This is the part I don't understand. The wall was a bluish color. And the Lord spoke to me and said, topaz. I have no clue. I prayed. I've sought God. Even this morning early, I was praying. I said, God, you got to reveal this to me. I can't tell something that's not complete. He said, it'll be completed. I'm just telling you. The maximum impact level is yours. Not for the asking, not for the taking, but just by simply receiving. Would you stand with me and give the Lord thanks for the word? Brother Murphy, Brother Murphy just said when he began his message that we are the limitation of God. I'd like to remind those of you that were in Baker a number of years ago when this same, pro this same man prophesied that God was going to give us a building and it came to pass. So he has proved his credential here this morning. But this is what I want to do. I'd like for my pastor staff to come. I'd like for one of you to just stand on this side, one in the middle and one on this side. Just feel huge provocation here. That God is wanting us to put eternal money where our mouth is. These men have not been prepared. Dave, move to the right here. That's good. you need something from the Lord this morning, if you need something from the Lord, this isn't generic, and I'm not just filling this airspace here with words. If you need something from the Lord, if you're on this side of the building, you can come to Brother Merrill. If you're here in the middle, you can come to Brother Dave. If you're on this side, you can come to Brother Jason.
There's something God is doing with this moment right now. If you need something from God, I just want you to come and just stand. If you're on this side, come to Brother Merrill. If you're in the middle, Brother Dave, Brother Jason, and so on. And while this is going on, if you need something from the Lord, come ahead. This isn't our normal thing, but this is what we're doing in the Holy Ghost. If you need healing spiritually, emotionally, physically, encouragement, if you need a word from the Lord, while while this is going on, these brethren are going to start praying for you right now. Start, You guys start praying right now. And while this is going on, God will speak to my brother And there's going to be some of you that he'll have a word for. And he's going to come and tell you what that is. He's going to speak to you prophetically in the Holy Ghost. So while you guys are singing and playing, you need something from the Lord. We're going to pray faith right now. I'm going to ask everybody in the building if you'll just start praying. Just start praying. Start praying. Everybody in the building, start praying, praising, worshiping. God's going to do a work here this morning. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Somebody let the Holy Ghost work right now. Let Him work. Let Him work. This is a God moment. This is a God moment. Let Him work right now. You need something from the Lord? There's no point in waiting any longer. God is here this morning to give, but He wants you to give Him faith first. You give him something first. Give him your faith. Give him your praise. Give him your adoration. Come on, God's working right now. He's working right now. Hallelujah to God. Somebody let the Spirit of the Lord work in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name.